Coming up on This Week in Games, EA pulls one foot out of E3, Nintendo jumps into modern VR, and Vivendi comes out ahead in their failed Ubisoft takeover. Coming up, This Week in Games. that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and, you know, quite a week, quite a week, almost too much news for one week. I had to cut some stories. Also, it's late at night, so (laughs) I may seem a bit tired, but we're going to get through this, and I'm going to educate you on everything you missed this week. First off, EA says it will not hold an E3 press conference. So, following Sony, who is basically pulled completely out of E3, EA says they will not hold a major press conference as they have done so for over a decade. For those who don't know, um, E3, the biggest kind of like consumer-facing entertainment expo for video games, and all the major companies, so the major publishers like Bethesda, EA, Activision, Ubisoft, um, they all hold these like live press conferences, Microsoft, Sony, And it's kind of where you make the big announcements, and then on the floor you have all the demos. It's like the big splash, so for like two or three hours, everyone will be watching EA's live stream of their press conference. EA says they won't hold that this year. So Sony's pulled out, EA's pulled out, and Nintendo pulled out of the live press conference years ago, ago, but they've been doing Nintendo Directs, which are basically like just YouTube videos instead of live press conferences. EA says instead it'll double down on EA Play, an event that is held on the weekend before E3. So EA Play kind of effectively sounds like exactly what normally occurs on the E3 floor, but instead will occur in a separate area, and it's just full of like kind of demos, announcing games, live streams, interviews, and so on and so on. Now really this isn't a good sign for E3. You know, I already covered like Nintendo's pulled out of the conferences, Sony's pulled out of E3 altogether, EA's pulling out of the conferences, and sounds like they're kind of like downscaling the actual press conference and the on E3's floor event for their own EA Play. And, you know, it's just really selfish. It's selfish to halfway pull out, it's selfish to kind of like hold all the big announcements for your own event because. I've covered this before in the episode where Sony pulled out altogether. E3 is a, a spectacle, okay? And E3 is a time where everyone in the industry comes together to generate hype for the game industry. And E3, everyone coming together for E3 and generating that hype pushes game industry news into mainstream pop culture. Like, it's the only time where you can see, like, famous rappers and pop stars and everything else kind of being dwarfed by video game news and... You know, the more that this goes on, the more that kind of E3 loses kind of like its oomph. And, uh, you know, I hope we don't lose that like special week, you know, where kind of all eyes are on video games. All right. This is an interesting, interesting news item. Nintendo announces Labo VR. So Nintendo Labo is their kind of like cardboard and, you know, a mix of plastic like play sets for the Switch. Now, Labo VR, it has a starter kit that's $40, effectively VR goggles that you put over your Nintendo Switch screen and some holders, and then has like an $80 full VR set that comes with a bunch of crap that, you know, your kids are just going to eat anyways. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
effectively it's VR goggles that go over your Switch screen and there's a bunch of peripherals and there's a bunch of ways to put the controller. That's all it is. And I, you know, I think this is exactly what the VR industry needs and deserves right now because frankly, in my humble opinion, this is where VR is and where VR should frankly live for the near future. A simple toy to enhance an existing product and what better product to use that on than, than the Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch beats the hell out of a mobile phone, and frankly, it kind of already has a full suite of uh, controllers that are separate and that are supported. So we saw Magic Leap basically tumble out of the gate and is spiraling down pretty hard earlier. All these high-end VR kind of devices just cost too much, and the payoff's not really there. You know, you kind of play with it for a few hours. Some people have VR rooms in their houses. They love them. I just don't see it. And I think this is where VR is, you know. It's it's kind of a gimmick or something that you do for like a few hours and then you have it around for when people come over, you can show it to them. But I don't think the products are there for it to sustain a full ecosystem. And I think Nintendo Labo VR is exactly, exactly where it should be right now. In other news, <laughs> it appears... Um, Nintendo isn't happy with microtransactions going on in their mobile game. So, in a move that only Nintendo would be concerned about, Nintendo has asked Dragalia's Loss developer Cyber Agent to adjust their gotcha machine for characters to reduce the amount of money spent in the game. Nintendo is effectively saying, "Hey, you're making too much money. You need to you need to pull that shit back." <laughs> Cyber Agents actually complain that Nintendo isn't interested in making large profits. And you know what? They say say there isn't good people left in the game industry. And this is why I buy Nintendo consoles, because Nintendo, you know, kind of puts delight and fun first, even ahead of its own profits, sadly. But you got to give them that, you know. <laughs> They're telling their mobile developers that are using their IP, you're making too much money. You're making people spend too much on our games. Reel that shit back. I love it. Only Nintendo. Only Nintendo. Not to be outdone with uh, Nintendo's Labo VR. Sony launched something this week. Kind of a whimper, but Sony launches PS4 Remote Play for iOS. Remote Play allows users to stream PS4 games to their iPhone or iPad if the PS4 and the iPhone and iPad are effectively on the same Wi-Fi system. So, pretty interesting. Um, right now... It doesn't support DualShock controllers. So kind of they put up this like peripheral controller overlaid onto the screen. Doesn't really work great. Eh, it's, I mean, nothing extraordinary is going on with PS4 remote, remote play, but I guess what it is is like maybe a step in the direction. You know, maybe Sony's testing the water, testing the engagement, testing, you know, whether people find this interesting, then maybe we see a PlayStation Now on mobile phones and tablets. Maybe PlayStation Now expands to kind of PS4 cloud gaming in general. I don't know. It, it, it seems like this is that same technology that they developed for the PS3, and they're kind of just like, it's there if you want it. <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing extraordinary. I don't think people are going to like, if your PS4 is in your house, oh, man. I can't wait to play, you know, insert whatever Call of Duty on my five-inch iPhone screen. But, you know, I get, it's there if you want it, guys. And uh, 
to the rumor mill, rumor mule, did I just say that? <laughs> rumor mill, discless Xbox has been rumored to drop in May. So Windows Central is reporting that the $100 to $200 discless Xbox will go on pre-order in April and arrive in stores in May. The rumor name is quite a mouthful. Xbox One S All Digital Edition. Terrible name. Can you guys please come up with something catchy? Um, yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. I already had a whole episode breaking down all the Xbox rumors and devices. Go check that out. Next up, all four dance lawsuits against Epic Games in relation to Fortnite have been dropped. So, two Millie, Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Backpack Kid, and Orange Shirt Kid have all dropped their lawsuits against Epic for use of their dances as premium items sold in Fortnite. Why do you guys ask all the lawsuits are dropped? Well, a similar lawsuit was settled earlier this week and the ruling stated that copyright must be awarded and completed before the lawsuit. And famously, Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air failed to obtain copyright from his dance from the show. And that was during the lawsuit. So he didn't even file before he filed the lawsuit against Epic. This is pretty interesting. And this is pretty interesting because, frankly, I think the implications of this ruling could actually be further reaching than people think and could have a profound effect on, like, kind of what is sold. If this is true... We could almost steal any pop culture art or iconic thing and sell it as an in-app purchase in a game as long as its creator hasn't completed a copyright for it. And as long as like it itself isn't considered auto-copyrightable as in like a full song. So you can't steal a full song and put it in the game. How much of the song can you steal? You can't steal like the entire Nutcracker, but you can steal parts of the dances from the Nutcracker, you know? It's, it's pretty it's pretty bad but pretty uh interesting because like i'd be curious to see where you can push the limit on this but and eh, you know i i personally am not developing games to the scale where uh dances are my main driver of revenue unfortunately so in some of the what the fuck news of the week valve removes a game called rape day from steam so Although Valve last year decided that they would take a hands-off approach to creation, they pretty much said that this game was so fucking terrible and so fucking hostile that they had to pull it from the game. Eric Johnson from Valve says, We then have to make a judgment call about any risk it puts to Valve, our developer partners, or our customers. After significant fact-finding and discussion, we think Rape Day poses unknown costs and risk and therefore won't be on Steam. Beautifully, beautifully worded. After significant fact-finding... Oh, what fact did you find? Oh, the fact that the game's called Rape Day. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's just... It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, So I read... I really read into what Rape Day was. I'm not going to go deeply into it. Here's the light description for what Rape Day is. Rape Day is a game where you can rape and murder during a zombie apocalypse. Yes, you heard that right. What the fuck? Good call, Valve kick these assholes off there i mean could you imagine in other news actually like the british government is investigating how the fuck this game even got this far on valve and it's actually pretty pissed at valve that this even became an issue oh and rounding off our news for the week kind of just to rub mud in everyone's face 
On its one-month anniversary, Apex Legends surpasses 50 million unique players. What the actual fuck? Battle Royale, people. Battle Royale. You know, they sunk unknown millions of dollars into Bioware's game Anthem. That shit just went out with a whimper. Like, nothing at all. No marketing push. Nothing. Apex Legend. who knows how tiny bit of money Respawn put into this game. And they didn't even market it. They just fucking like paid some streamers to play it. 50 million unique players in one month. I don't. I'm waiting for the revenue report though. Um, you know, at its peak, Fortnite was estimated to have made about a billion dollars across all platforms in a little over a month. So I'm curious to see if Apex Legends is monetizing as well as Fortnite. You know, maybe users are slightly wiser, maybe because they spend a lot in Fortnite and already jumped to a new game, they're not willing to spend as much. I don't know. I have a gut feeling they're not making quite that amount of money, but come on, with 50 million unique users, you're you're making a lot, okay? <laughs> All right, speaking of money, let's get some business news. So Vivendi sells off its remaining stake in Ubisoft. The hostile takeover of all hostile takeovers in the game industry comes to an end this week as French mass media conglomerate Vivendi sells off their remaining 5.9% stake in Ubisoft uh, for about $481 million, people. That's fucking ridiculous. So at its peak, Vivendi owned 27.3% of Ubisoft. And because of how Ubisoft structure their stock and voting rights, they only needed 30% stake to take kind of force forcible ownership over ubisoft so they've sold off their entire stake now and guess what people you know everyone was calling this a failure everyone's saying lots of shit selling off their entire stake in ubisoft has net the company 1.3 billion dollars in profits 1.3 billion in profits that's ridiculous Looking at how Ubisoft games are doing, I say you came off ahead, Vivendi. Do you really want to own the company that can only shit out Assassin's Creed every other year and like a handful of failed Tom Clancy spinoffs? No, you don't want to deal with that. God, $1.3 billion in a failed hostile takeover. When does that happen? When do you fail at what you're trying to do and come out with $1.3 billion in profits? Crazy, crazy. All right, let's get on to some smaller business news. Reworks, a new Helsinki studio, raises $1.5 million in pre-seed round. What the hell is pre-seed round? Is that like after Angel? You go Angel, pre-seed, then seed? $1.5 million in pre-seed also assumes that you're going to get more in seed and then get even more in Series A, so that's mighty aggressive. Let's find out why Reworks thinks they're worth that much. <laughs> Reworks has 12 employees and looks to take aim at Glue's design home with their own customization game, Recolor. Rework, Recolor, you kind of need better names if you can steal players away from design home. Also, Recolor is extremely limited as it mainly focuses on color, which makes me think you missed the entire fucking point of design home. <laughs> God. Reworks, 1.5 million pre-seed, Recolor. Ugh, just sounds like a mess. Improbable launches two development studios in London and Edmonton. So this is a pretty interesting play. Improbable, who's mostly known for their spatial OS services, is launching two development studios headed by AAA talent. The Edmonton branch will be led by Aaron Flynn, former GM of Bioware. The London branch will be run by John Wazilski. 
I can't pronounce that right last name. I really, I'm sorry, guys. Wasiltsik, former executive producer at EA Dice and executive producer at Epic Games. Now, I'm coming on. I'm coming on the fence on this. It's a strange play when a company known for specialized services like Spatial OS starts producing its own content. So everyone's gonna go, "Oh, Netflix famously did this," and it like kind of ramp their valuation up exponentially, right? But for every Epic or for every Netflix, there's an Amazon Game Studio which also attempted to do this and you know, three to five years later, hasn't produced a single thing, has three studios where they're paying people, you know, full-time salaries, nothing to show from it. So I don't know. They got the AAA talent. They say they're only hiring AAA talent, but Improbable is known for kind of like, you know, kind of like the back-end service that runs a fuck ton of physics or like calculations so either you're going to make massive mmo battle games or you're going to make some kind of crazy physics game and even then both of those are more niche right now so seems like a big risk i think improbable has some smart people let's see how it turns out all right next good guy publishers paradox interactive opened a new california studio called paradox tectonic so paradox tectonic will be working on brand new ip and it'll be led by rod humble previously executive vice president at EA and former CEO of Linden Lab, the developers of Second Life. Huh. Good resume. Interesting to see Paradox open a California studio. Why, you guys ask? Why? Because Paradox, I always think of them, and it's kind of an insult, and I'm sorry, I think of them as like the good guy publisher. Everyone wants to work with them. They're super nice. From all accounts, they're very fair, and they seem to really like succeed in these not triple A, but like double A niche games. So, 4X games, city builder games, lineage simulator games like they really succeed in these like niche games, and they're really good guys. And I don't know what the hell you're doing lighting money on fire by opening a new studio in California, but you know, you're smart. I really think you're very careful with your money, seeing kind of the bet you place. So I'm curious to see what you kind of uh, pop out of there. All right, let's get to some uh, some interesting news. So Starbreeze has kind of been on a kind of just a giant spiral downhill. Starbreeze takes another hit as Skybound Entertainment terminates the Walking Dead license from them. So following a number of bad news, um, Famously, Starbreeze getting raided by Swedish police. Uh, Starbreeze's, the game they publish, Overkill's The Walking Dead, is officially terminated by IP holder Skybound Entertainment. The title in question only generated $3.7 million in revenue over a two- to three-month period, something Starbreeze claims is very, very much below the development cost of the game. Starbreeze is pretty much tail-spinning, no surprise no surprise from any of this i mean i i don't even know why they're granted an exemption from the swedish authorities to stay open they should be shut down right now but i don't know european laws all right hayden a cloud gaming firm raises nine million so this is a pretty uh basic story but interesting technology hayden is known for hayden os a cloud service that treats entire data centers as single computers this kind of can be used to massively scale networking capabilities of games. 
And in doing so, Hayden and EVE Online developer CCP have teamed up for an upcoming Aether Wars event where they expect 10,000 players to battle at once inside of EVE. I think the record, the world record, the world record that eve holds right now is something like 6800 players battling simultaneously in eve so i guess now they're going for 10000 players very interesting tech in my opinion very limited by current like gaming zeitgeist how many games truly need 10000 people battling at once do you know how boring that would be so like could you imagine could you imagine if this wasn't Eve where like you're battling in full three free dimensions and you were just like on a 2D landscape with a gun? Cool tech though. Cool tech. All right. Last bit of news for the week. Valve lays off 13 employees. What? No. The company that seems to own this currency printing machine named Steam has laid off 13 of their employees. What? What? Most of the employees were in the VR division. Valve has responded by saying they have not abandoned VR. Well, generally when you don't abandon stuff, you don't lay off your entire division. But I'm not going to tell Valve how to run their printing, their money printing machine company. So, oh well. All right, guys. I'm Eric McConnell. That's This Week in Games. Come back next week. And uh, I'll see you guys. Bye.